episode 56. You might be smarter, your daddy might own a company, but you will not outwork me. This one right here is for the people. I'm your host, Ryan J. Owens, current pro athlete, entrepreneur, and former USA national team volleyball player. I will not be defined by my athleticism alone, but I've learned how to leverage it, to stay passionate about it, and prepare for life. That's why the Beyond Athletic Podcast was born. I'll bring you case studies of current and former elite athletes making it happen in life, as well as tips and lessons from top sources in sports, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, and more. I'm here to tell you that you are Beyond Athletic. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Last week we had on, or this week actually, we had on Therese Crawford. This week end is actually the second part to that. So it's going to be a good kind of a good wrap up because what we do is, I mean, we just were chatting and it just dove right into where I think a lot of athletes need to be in their, their, their mental, their approach to the game, their approach to life. And I really hope there's going to be a lot of takeaways from you. So not much more for me to go into. If you didn't hear the last episode, make sure you go back, stop this one, go back, listen to the other one, and then come back to hear this one because there's just a wealth of information and getting to know Therese, how she grew up, how she thinks about things, what she's done in her life is really going to give you a lot of perspective on why these things in this second part matter. So enjoy it. Make sure you share it out, beyondathletic.com forward slash 56. And make sure, make sure please, that you comment and you just let somebody else know why you think this is important for them. And just help somebody out. Enjoy. So, to get from there to where I am now. So my career ended with me very scared. I actually got offered, Hugh called me back to the national team to come and train in 2010. I'm not quite sure what he saw me. I think when Hugh was in the gym, when he was an assistant coach at Doug Beal, I was in the gym with Toshi Mm -hmm. um, on the national team. Then I still had my confidence. I think he had saw me training there and the intensity that I had there. Then the men went to a separate place than the women. And I don't think we went to California. You guys went to California. You guys we were stayed there. So when I got the shaky part, he never saw me. Thank mm-hmm. God. So I went to um, California. He had uh, offered me to come back and leave with the team. So I trained with the team in 2010 um, to go to the for the London Olympics. But I unfortunately did not have the mentality to be there. He gave me an opportunity. I wanted it so bad. I tried so bad, but I didn't believe in me. Mm-hmm. at all. The goal of being an Olympian was huge. and It was the giant and I was the grasshopper. Mm-hmm. And if you ever have a goal that you see like that, you can never accomplish it. I learned that now. But in, while I was in it, I had no idea that that was So tell happen. me like this transition between then and now, the realization of, wow, I have actually accomplished so much. I have so many valuable lessons and experiences and and Mm -hmm. my network and and everything has contributed to where I am now. And if I look back and say, 
what could I have done differently? What would that be? And why? Oh, this gets a bit personal. Um, one of the things that it was choices that I made that slowly, um, I can see how they slowly started to tear away at my confidence. Mm -hmm. And one of the choices is kind of a personal one. It comes with dating and with guys. And I think part of that was not having, I don't like to say blame it on not having a father at home because, I, you know, that sounds cliche. Mm -hmm. But for me, something was about being validated, I believe. Um, and so dating with a guy, I started to want validation from guys where before my validation was just, I was just confident in who I am. And mm -hmm. so everything that I went out to do, I was just being me. I wasn't trying to do it. I wasn't wanting to be the best. I was just being me. And that was good enough. And it, because of that, I believed in myself and I was being the best. Mm -hmm. Wasn't trying. Um, starting to date guys and starting to put value in their opinions of me was a bad choice because I started to allow them to determine how I saw myself. And for a long time, I kept it separate from volleyball. So it was, you know, the dating life or whatever with the guys. And if a guy cheated or if a guy, you know, lied or something like that, that hurt my self-esteem a little bit, but that was, separate. but my volleyball life was completely separate. And slowly but surely that started to creep into a volleyball mentality mm -hmm. about me too. Another thing was that um, I had had really good coaches. I had mentioned some of the great coaches that I had had growing up. Mm -hmm. And once I got to a point where I had a coach that those coaches had believed in me and I had coaches that, you know, that wanted to push me and saw a future for me. Mm -hmm. Once I got into a position where I saw, where I started being around coaches that didn't, it wasn't that they didn't like me. It's just that they didn't see me as being this huge player mm -hmm. and this potential, this anyway. potential, they didn't see the same potential. in me. And so I wasn't their favorite that they were pushing. Mm -hmm. Well, that was completely foreign to me because on every team, is you that I was on before, if you were the hardest worker in the gym, that was the person that the coaches wanted to push. Well, mm -hmm. that's not so necessarily professionally. Mm -hmm. And so I had run into, start running into coaches that didn't push that in me. And I was trying constantly to convince them that, that no, you, you need to believe in me. I'm going to do what you, I can do it. You know, I can mm -hmm. do what you need. And so and I you started start being abnormal. Yes. And so I got into arrogance, which mm -hmm. is the opposite of confidence, because that's when you're trying to convince somebody and you want them to believe you of who you are mm -hmm. rather than just being confident in yourself. So I got into arrogance. I got into some, you know, into being defensive, into the negative things that will tear down your career. Quickly. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Just because I was trying to convince people that I was good. I knew mm -hmm. it inside and I wanted them. I knew what I could do. I still believe I knew what I could do and I wanted them to see it and I wanted to, them to believe it. But what I know now is that you have to believe it for yourself. You can't expect somebody else to believe in you. You have to believe in yourself. Then you'll produce the results. Then other people will believe in you. So the great difference that I noticed about great players, they were great no matter who the coach was. Mm -hmm. They didn't need a great coach in order to perform great. They had some pretty lousy coaches. They didn't matter whether the coach believed in them or not. Watching through the Olympic cycles, because every Olympics, we had a, and every four years, we had a different coach in there. A different every coach comes in a different style of how they want us to do things. The ones who survived were the ones that believed in themselves. So it didn't matter what the coach killed you in. One coach tells you, I want everybody to jump serve. One coach comes in and says, I want everybody to block, swing block, or block straight up and down, or stop on defense, or move on defense, or attack the ball. It didn't mm -hmm. matter what they do. They survived that, and they didn't have to change. 
Whereas me, because I wanted the coach to believe in me, I adapted to whoever came in. I tried to completely change because I didn't have the confidence in me. Mm -hmm. I had the confidence in them if they told me I was good. I was waiting for the coach to tell me I was good instead of believing in myself. Because I had started with the choices of looking outside for affirmation mm -hmm. from guys. And it was a setup to have great coaches, too. I love the coaches and I'm thankful for them, but it was kind of a setup to always have great coaches that believed in me when I was yeah. young because I assumed that it was always going to be like that. Mm -hmm. So I began to learn to look from outside instead of to just believe in who I was mm -hmm. by myself. And I think this is, this is an important parallel to say like for, for you and your experience, I know you're, you're closing in on 40 here, mm -hmm. um, which is crazy to think because you're just so beautiful and so young. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Yo. Mother of two, I mean, uh, part of the nature here, we're sitting on a mountain uh -huh. in Serbia. You know, I, I'm sure that the mountain air and the, the fresh food and uh -huh. everything here helps. But, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just always blown away by you. Uh -huh. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like, what, what, what do you think is coming up next in, in your life? I know you, you've started some things. You started finally working with me on, on some of the projects. You were part of Athlete Lab this past mm -hmm. year. You were, you know, you started doing Connect with Your Gift, and I hope you pursue that so much. Yes. Um, what What do you see coming next for you? So, um, yeah, I after this awakening, I have to call it an awakening. I don't know what else to call it. To mm -hmm. realize that uh, all of the things that I had, all of the journey, um, had purpose, and that I have purpose, mm -hmm. and that just opened my eyes to what had been going on all these years. And the reason, you know, the biggest thing was I didn't, when I didn't make the Olympics, I had no idea why that was the biggest problem mm -hmm. is that I didn't get it. I had no idea that confidence even played. I didn't know that I mentally, I knew that I was shaken, but I meant I had no idea that I was in fear and that I didn't have confidence. And that was the difference between me and the Olympics. The biggest problem was I was looking at them and thinking, and this might sound arrogant to some people and it might, but, I saw them and I saw myself and I knew athletically that I could do what some of those players were that had been on the Olympic team could do. And I didn't understand why I wasn't able to manifest that, to produce the results of that. I knew it was in me, but I, I'm not saying that I was playing at the same level. Mm -hmm. There were times when I was, but I wasn't saying, I'm not saying that I was playing at the same level as them. I didn't know why I couldn't crack through and do it because I knew physically I had that in me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why you I wasn't You didn't know able, what was limiting you. What was limiting, right. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, um, that was a huge block for me for mm -hmm. a long time. Once I figured out, once my eyes were open to, it was a confidence issue and that you had walked in this whole looking on the outside and still looking on the inside, then it opened my eyes. Oh my gosh, how many other people? Have you seen in that same thing? I mean, you don't understand how many people I've seen come to that. How many, how much talent I've seen come to the Olympic village mm -hmm. or the, I'm sorry, not the Olympic, the Olympic training center and leave and how many people stayed on the team and how many, you know, how many people got cut through all those years. That's a long time mm -hmm. to be there. How many people were affected? I mean, there's so much that I learned just being in oh, that yeah. arena of greatness, not just in volleyball. Because mm -hmm. there we have so many other sports too, just seeing the things, the distractions that are distract people and how we don't realize how it affects our goal. And mm -hmm. so I was just like, Oh my gosh, there's so many people even like I can watch a volleyball game now and I can see who, I, you know what my fun thing to do is, is to watch shows. Like I love reality shows. So I like not reality, but reality competition shows. Mm -hmm. So like project one way, top chef, um, master chef, 
all these things, things where people are competing, where they're competing, but they're under pressure. Mm-hmm. I can tell you who's going to outlast now because I see myself in them. I can see who's confident, who's getting shaky, who's allowing somebody else to intimidate them just by why it's crazy because I've been there and mm-hmm. I know how up oh, she's lost her confidence. It won't be long before she'll be out. Just because she stopped believing in herself. She's, oh, she's starting to look at this person. See the, the, the conflicts that are happening? That's happening because she's looking at that person and they're intimidating mm-hmm. her and she forgot who she is. And so what you've done is you've come to the point where you can see this and then you've come to the realization that you have the tools and knowledge to help people stop those things exactly. in their tracks, right? And so if, if we're talking about someone who might have lost their con, like confidence right, right now, right? Right. Um, and maybe they've been playing for a while. Right. What would you say to them to turn that boat around to get it going with the wave instead of forcing themselves into this wave over right. and over? First thing is to, um, one exercise that I like to do because I did it for myself, not even realizing that I was doing it as an exercise is write down all of your accomplishments and write down all of your failures. Just write them down. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, for me, it was huge when I had to write down, uh, kind of like a bio for myself and all of the things that I had accomplished. Versus all of the things that I had failed at, uh, the list for failure was really short compared to the list for accomplishments. And I, but in my head, that was not like that. So there's the realization of what you've done in life. And it doesn't have to be medals. I'm talking about accomplishments in your life. I'm talking about things that you've overcome, things Mm -hmm. that you've done, where you come from, where you started at, where were you born versus where you are now? Where, what have you overcome in your life as Mm -hmm. general? You know what I mean? I've been around the world. I can't name to you how many countries that I've been in. With volleyball, how many countries I've been in. I'm not talking about playing professionally or living in, but just been in. I can't name them. There's that mm-hmm. many. Versus having come from Kalamazoo, Michigan, from a small club, nobody in my family ever having played volleyball. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that is understanding who you are and the value of who you are. And that in and of itself, if you can get a grasp of how great just you being you without anything else, without, you don't have to, do anything. Mm-hmm. You're special individually just by yourself. That'll be the beginning of realizing, of turning the page mm-hmm. because you don't need it. Once you understand that you are so unique, that you are one of a kind, that there's really nobody in the world like you. Mm-hmm. There's nobody. There's literally nobody in the world. Even if they made a gene double, you know how they clone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The clone cannot be exactly, they physically can be you. They can copy your DNA. They cannot copy the way that you think. They cannot copy the experiences that you've had. It's impossible because you are a complete package of everything that you've been through. And some of that stuff is time sensitive. Mm-hmm. So completely unique, completely unique. There's nobody in the world like you ever. And you know what? You have a certain amount of time to be that. So from the time that you're born to the time that you're dead, that's it. There'll never be another you mm-hmm. because like I said, you're a, a culmination of all of your experiences. So never again will there be another you. So you are this amazing gift to the world. Mm -hmm. And if you can grasp that, that all by yourself, that's without having accomplished anything, just being born and living, you're Mm -hmm. an amazing gift to the world. Now, if you can share that and okay, you have this tool, you have this talent to play volleyball. You can express who you are uniquely, one of a kind. There's nobody else like you in the world and express that through volleyball. And so if you've gotten off your path, right, and you've written down this list of accomplishments and failures, what do you do with that? Because you realize right away, probably the accomplishments are much larger than the failures. Now, what do you do with that knowledge? Like, what's your next step? Your next step is to say, okay, look, if I don't do 
another thing in my life. Me simply being mm -hmm. me is completely valuable. You got to get it that you are valuable just by being, okay? It's not, I mean, and in doing that, then you'll understand that if you were a drug addict on the street, okay, that value is still in you. Mm -hmm. No one, nothing can take away the value of your uniqueness because you're one of a kind. So you can't compare yourself to anybody else. And this is what happens a lot. We start to compare ourselves. We look at somebody else and we value ourselves on whether or not we have this or we have that or what. You're incomparable. There is no standard for mm -hmm. which to compare yourself because you're one of a kind. Once you get that, then everything that you do is just a tool to express yourself. If you can get the mentality that, okay, me playing volleyball is just an opportunity for me to express myself in the world because I'm one of a kind. So that anything that I go in to do, if I am me being a mom, me being, if you're playing basketball, I told some of the guys that I, that I had talked to, look, you going into practice, when you go into practice, it's just to gain tools so that when you're in a game that you can express yourself. What's the coolest thing about the top athletes? They do it like nobody else can do it. You don't know what they're going to do. It's not that they can dribble the ball a certain way. Everybody knows how to dribble the ball. It's not that they're perfect at this or that. It's that they do something that nobody else can do because they are expressing them their unique self. What if Shaquille O'Neal listened to everybody talking about him not being able to make free throws and was just destroyed because of that? Mm -hmm. No. He's like, yeah, all right, I don't make free throws, but... When I dunk a ball, nobody dunks a ball like I do. When I'm on the inside, nobody can stop me. Mm -hmm. I'm That's what I do. Dennis Rodman, so what? I can't make a shot. But I play defense like nobody else. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. trying to go, let me think of somebody current because I'm showing my age here. <laughs> Goodness. But the thing about athletes that stand out mm -hmm. is the fact that they are unique in the way that they do it. The Venus sisters. I mean, the, the, the Williams sisters. Mm -hmm. What stands out about the Williams sisters? They were different. It wasn't the fact that she can do whatever, whatever, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so we get caught up sometimes in the technique of doing a, a thing or trying to be like, no, it's what you do different. It's being, you have to learn the tools. When you go into practice, whether you're studying for something, whether it's to be a doctor, whether it's to be a, whatever it is, yes, you have to go and you have to learn the tools, but those tools are just so that you have the opportunity to express yourself through them, mm -hmm. to be you the unique you, and then you're adding to the world. If you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're replaceable because, and you, you're, you're covering up your light. It's still there, but you're covering it up. Mm -hmm. Wow. There's so much in that. Seriously, so. Reese. And so I think, I think it's best now just to move <laughs> to, no, really, because we've, we've covered everything that I would even dream to cover. Oh. And so if I were going to do something just for a last little bit here, because I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have to listen to this a few times, honestly. Um, and it's just my little way to stay in touch with you too, I'm sure. But, uh, let's say, let's talk about something we've been talking about recently okay. and just give some advice to athletes out there because yes, while you've been playing for a while, you've had the, the chance to play with younger and older players on every single team. And now living in, and being married to a man who's working as a sports agent and seeing other players make mistakes that you made or do things better than you did. What would you say if you could focus on just the things that you see most commonly done wrong and right? What are they and why, why, why do they matter? And then we'll just close up on that. Okay. Um, 
trying to narrow it down like quickly as, and think of some Yeah, key. we're going to take, yeah, just take like a, one or two huge things okay. for just mistakes and then one or two huge things for, for you know, perfect things. Or not perfect, but that leads to, to outcomes that you would want. Mm-hmm. Not maybe, for instance, uh, like I see through the agency, uh, most commonly players who are screwing up on social media, okay. who don't understand marketing themselves or... Right. Players who uh, become uncoachable because they they become mm-hmm. arrogant. Right. Or... Okay. So those are the two things right now I want to hit. Um, the biggest thing is the confidence issue that we were just talking about. That I I remember feeling, and I've heard some other players saying and feeling like you just want somebody to give you a chance. You just want somebody to believe in you. You just want the the other people to see what you basically see in yourself. And Again, I have to tell you, you want that chance. No one's going to believe in what they can't see. You might have had that when you were younger, but this is professional now and people get paid to have results. So it's not a problem in them. It's a problem in you. And it's not a problem. It's just a realization of who you are. So you got to take that in and get to the core of the truth about who you are. And that's where, that's the work that you have to do yourself. I'm, I'm out there. I'm with Connect With Your Gift. You can find me on Facebook. I would love to help you on that journey. But that's what this is all about. It's about getting to know who you are to have the confidence to believe in yourself because that's key. That's going to take you. And then you have a lot less conflict. You don't run into um, bumping heads with coaches as much because coaches' uh, ideas about you, you could really brush off your shoulder because results matter to coaches. Results matter to teammates. Results matter. At the end of the day, yes. At the end of the day, believe me, nobody will have a problem with you if you're the top scorer on the team. You won't have any issues when, if you're the top, if you're doing what you need to do in order for the team to win, all of that stuff suddenly floats away. So if you're having those kind of issues, then it's really something you need to take into consideration with yourself because you're trying to convince somebody to believe in something they can't see and it's not going to happen. You can't depend on that. You've got to believe in it in yourself and then manifest it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is going to be the, the way that we are putting, the way that you see yourself. This kind of has to do with the other thing is the way that you see yourself um, is what you need to put on the social media. This whole social media thing, um, even if you think that you're be editing it and that you only have your friends on there, that you're showing certain things onto your social media, that you've you know locked it off from all eyes from seeing, let me tell you that you're not. That's naive because your friend might be connected to somebody else's friend who can connect. And all of a sudden the information gets out there. My mom told me something when I was little, she was like, never write down anything that you don't want to be known openly. Don't write it down on paper. Don't ever put it down on paper because then it has an opportunity. You can't control where it goes. And so the internet is the same thing. And put look at history. How do we know about history? Exactly. It was exactly, exactly. So, um, the things that you put out, you have to understand is a commercial about you. This is whether or not you're a professional, an amateur. Uh, it doesn't matter what you put on social media, what you put on the Internet, what you put out about yourself in an article, in an interview. I don't care if you were heated and somebody came up to you and they want to interview right after when you're upset about something. Remember that this is a commercial, that it's going to be written down, that it's a commercial for who you are. It doesn't matter the situation. I want to throw in there also the Snapchats, the Instagrams, All these little mini videos and pictures All of, of things that you're sending out to your teammates. You know, this kind of stuff. 
it's just so powerful because these are tiny little clips, glimpses into your life. But if, if I'm watching them as an agent or if I'm watching them as a teammate or if I'm watching them as a team owner, I'm going, seriously, Right. this is the person that's going to join me on my journey to a championship or to victory. Can I really trust in that? And this is another thing I want to add in. This is kind of small, but, um, you have to understand that a lot of time your personal goal may be in not in conflict, but different than your than the professional team's goal that you're on. Let's say, let's say if your goal is to go to the Olympics, well, you have to understand if you're playing for a professional team, their goal is not for you to go to the Olympics. Their goal is for you to win. They're paying you, so you need to be dedicated with to that professional team while you're there. You don't let them know. You don't make it a conflict of what your 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 personal goal is with a professional goal because they're paying you to be there. You're making way more money. I don't care what national team you're paying for. You're making way more money to be on the professional team than you are to be on your national team. Mm-hmm. So don't get it. It's okay to have that to be your goal. If the Olympics are your goal or you have a national team goal, but do not make that a conflict with your professional team. That's not smart. It's not wise long-term. Because you have to understand that presidents talk to presidents, even if you go to another team. Mm-hmm. That president, that coach is not going to want you on their team. Coaches talk. And if you have a different view, and you have to understand that that's disrespectful to the players that you're playing with. Because some of those players, their national team is never going to make an Olympics just because of the mm-hmm. country that they're from. But their goal is to be a Champions League cha- uh, champion or a, a CV champion or whatever the goal of that team is. That is their goal. Mm-hmm. And for you to have a different goal... And you to be focusing on that other goal and bring it in, that brings dissension and that's not fair to them. So I think a lot of, uh, uh, I think a lot of times that, and I know I made that mistake. My goal was always very clear to everybody that I was, my goal was to be an Olympian. That was my number one goal. And that is rude. Now I understand. High status 2020. That was completely disrespectful of the presidents that I played for, of the coaches and of the players, of my teammates. Mm-hmm. Because I had, a, that was not my goal, was not to be, I did my best. So it was individual is what you're I trying to say. Like you're you're on the team and you're going for the Olympics and everybody knows that. And they could feel even if you like if you would just express, hey, I want to be an Olympian. But man, I'm so dedicated to this right. team and to this vision. Right. And I really just I want to win as many games as possible. I want to get the team gelled. I want to do whatever is possible to get to this end goal right. of this season. Right. So if you were just able to communicate these things exactly. in some way, exactly. I mean, recently I talked with a player and you know this, but it's about like how you write things, right. even if you have a good heart or good intentions, right. you have to think about the perceptions of other people. If they read that, if you're trying to move on from a team, but you don't mention how grateful you are for them helping you get to where you are, because that is true, right. then right. someone could take that in the wrong way because you don't have emotions through words. Right. Unless you're one of the most like literary, like best literary poets in you know the history of the world, <laughs> right. you still are not going to be able to get across to every single person exactly what you're feeling right. or thinking when you're writing something. So be mindful of right. these things, right? right? And I love that you said. I'm going to reiterate what you just said: the perception of somebody else when they're reading it. So you might, from your perception, you might be thinking. I didn't say anything bad about them. I'm just talking about my goal to go to the Olympics. But you just finished your season on a professional team and you guys lost and you didn't get to your goal. And you're already the next day mentioning about, I'm excited to go to the national team and get to this, you know, that we're going to go to that. I'm excited to pursue the road to Rio. 
Well, that was really kind of a slap in the face from another person's perspective because you didn't even mention about how I just got crushed in my dream to go to, you know what I mean? So you have to win to, this final, right? This right. championship. So you have to think of the other people's perceptions, which is hard. And I remember as a player thinking, I have a life. You know what I mean? And I think I have heard other players say this. I have a life outside of volleyball. It's not fair for somebody to think that I just play volleyball 24 hours a day. I have a life. And it's not a look. You have a life, but you're a professional. And if you are putting on social media your personal life, it better be the life that you want as a commercial of you, meaning that it's something that someone would want to buy as an athlete. Because you are a product. Yes, because you are a product. So if your personal life includes going out to nightclubs and clubbing and because you're saying, well, come on, who thinks that we really don't go out to clubs? I don't care. They don't want to know about it. And they definitely don't want their younger generation of fans and their fan base to see you at a club. Whether you go or not, as long as it's not influencing the name of the team and you handle yourself in a respectful manner, most of them are not interested. They could care less, but they do not want it on the commercial. Just like you would not put a commercial for yourself on TV showing you at the nightclub when you want to promote yourself to a team to go and play. Don't put it on social media because that is your commercial. If you wouldn't want to click on it on TV and for them to see you and that be what you present to somebody to say, hey, I want to come play for your team, then do not put it on social media. I don't care if it's you and your friends having shots at a nightclub. And it was during the off season. It's during your or free time. Or it was time. to celebrate the championship. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because what that tells them is she's not in the gym. She's not training right now. She can get injured. She's partying. This is what her life is like. She's a partier. And some other countries are quite conservative. And they want that conservative of women to be that they are not partying, that they do not party. And you have to understand that some big contracts are in countries that have a conservative kind of lifestyle. And whether you agree with it or not, do not put it in your commercial. Okay, mm -hmm. done. Thank you. Fine. And I just want to say for a minute, it goes, it goes the same, but uh, definitely in a different way. But it, for everyone, you have to think about the consequences of, of what you're doing as, as a, an athlete, but also based on where you're going and who you're selling yourself to, because like, for instance, yes, if you're, as Teresa said, in conservative countries and you put something up like that, that's totally against the morals and like values of those people. You just ended everything that yes. you built up, even if you built up just a little before that, or if you built up a championship and blah, 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 this name, right. the moment you create doubt, you have destroyed everything that you just built because right. now those people are thinking, eh, maybe this maybe is not, not good for our fight for yeah. our company so i mean thank you so much therese for all of this it was incredible um this is another one of our our longer ones and i'm so happy because <laughs> it's always it always just happens that it just i can't even help it because you start talking about it, i'm like man this is so good <laughs> and so thank you so much for being on um if you want to find therese you know go to connect with your gif on facebook uh, it's going to be on the show notes you'll see it on the blog post there's definitely going to be tons in the future from her. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if you like this, just make sure you tweet at us. You shout out at her, at me, anybody. Yes. Thanks so much, Reese. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. There you have it. So two episodes in a row. Great time with Therese as always. I was sitting up there in the mountains in Tara, uh, just outside of Belgrade. 
not the easiest drive in a smart rental car, <laughs> but it was a, a fantastic trip up there to see both of them. And if you didn't hear Boris's episode, her husband, he is episode 54, so beyondathletic.com forward slash 54. Or if you're on iTunes, just go back to the 54th episode. Check that out. As always, share, connect, and be more. Take care. Pleading my case from the witness box Telling the judge and the jury the same thing that I said to the cops From the day that I got arrested I'm innocent, I protested Chicago show. Please stay tuned.